Hello and welcome to the NCETM podcast with me, Gwen Trasida, Communications Manager at NCETM. Since coronavirus began to have such dramatic effects on the lives of students and teachers, I've been interviewing teachers about how they're managing to keep maths learning going, first of all during the lockdown of spring 2020 and then back at school in the autumn. Here we are now at the beginning of 2021 and thrown suddenly back into a mostly remote teaching situation. I wanted to catch up with Catherine Darwin, who I spoke to in April 2020, to find out how it's different this time round. So I've invited her back. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Gwen. Last time we spoke, Catherine had some quite strong reservations about teaching live lessons, but now I know she's doing lots of it. So we'll find out how she's overcome some of those barriers. And I think almost a year on, we might have some teachers in the country that we could almost class as experienced in live online teaching, who have been at it since March last year. Kyle Evans is one of those, and he's come in to give us the benefit of some of his experience. Hello, Kyle. Hi, Gwen. Kyle, could you start by giving us a quick description of your college, the size, location, that sort of thing, please? Yes, certainly. So I'm Director of Maths and Computer Science at Barton Peveril Sixth Form College, which is a large sixth form college in Hampshire, near Southampton, uh, just over 4,000 students. And because of the size, we maintained online teaching in part from uh, September uh, after the summer holidays uh, because it's just too many students to have. It's the between lessons that was more of an issue than in lessons. So we have maintained a blended online and in-person timetable um, ever since March. Right. Okay. And Catherine, do you want to give us a quick um, portrait of your school? Yeah, um, so I'm at a secondary school in Dewsbury. Um, we are 11 to 16, so um, no sixth form. Um, we chose not to do any online previously just because we didn't have the capability. Um, but since September, we've been kind of training the kids up on the use of online learning and kind of teams and all that kind of stuff. Um, so we've been able to offer them something a bit more this time around. Right. So did that mean getting in new tech or staff training or Student training, when you say we didn't have the capability, what, what sort of things um, are you talking about? So we, we had kind of the setup ready for it, it to go. We, we've got Office 365, so the teams and everything was already in the background ready for us to use, but we didn't really know how to do it. Um, a few of us had had experience having meetings on there and things before, but that was about it really. Um, so our trust decided to kind of nominate Um, e-learning specialists. And so each school has a champion of e-learning and then they trained every all of the staff um, and then we slowly disseminated that through all of the student population as well starting with year 11 um, and a little bit similar to Kyle we've then had year 11 lessons as a blended approach all the way through the year so that if yeah. anyone was at kind of a bubble was kind of isolating for whatever reason um, or one class had gone we were doing a blended learning approach with year 11 from the beginning and then um, everybody else kind of done it kind of staggered from that point onwards which has led to us being able to do a full online timetable this time round. Right okay so that's every lesson is it that you're teaching online now? Yeah so it, it kind of depends on the on the class but we're expected to be there for the beginning of the lessons to register them to tell them what the task is and get them set off on something and um, for me quite a lot of my lessons have just run like normal to be honest and then the the last portion of the lesson has been rather than them writing something on something online and um, so looking at one of the online platforms to get it to kind of automatically mark for them so they get the feedback I'd normally give and um, so it's normal normally around half of my lesson as normal and then them going and doing something independent. Right okay and how did you overcome those um, tech issues so quickly in March Kyle? 
So my college is a big Google college. That's been something that's been increasing for the last few years. And basically, we just had an eye on the news. And I think if I remember rightly, there was about a week when Italy had gone full lockdown. Cases were increasing and without anything needing to be announced, people were looking around and saying something's going to happen here. So I think there was about a week in college where all staff um, had compulsory training on. So we use Google Meets, um, which is like this that we're using now Teams, but the Google version um, and various training for sort of um, software that you could use for AFL online. Um, it's quite surreal, really, because at the time it all felt very silly and the, the, the trainer was doing a, a video call and people were in the room and there was a feedback loop of audio and people were waving at each other and writing funny messages on the screen. And then one week later, it was like, oh, no, that's that's teaching now. That's that's all your lessons. I think, Catherine, you also mentioned uh, in March that sort of safeguarding concerns. And I think just quite um, quite sensitively as well, you were you were concerned about getting into students lives in a way that they might not want mm -hmm. has that been an issue or do you think everybody's just got used to it very quickly I think it's something we've almost had to accept because last time we've we've kind of felt the repercussions of of not having that so much interaction with the students there are obviously things in place and I know a lot of secondary schools are making sure that for example the students don't have the video on and um, when I've got my video on the background's blurred so they don't really know where I am um, and so you know there are there are various little bits and bobs that I feel like you know we're not getting too into their lives and it's actually the the ways that I am I put the video on at the beginning of the lesson and then I'll turn it off when they're doing their tasks so that they can see a friendly face but I'm not kind of imposing myself on their life far too much and they don't have to do the same back mm. um you know and quite often I mean I'm probably kind of preaching to the, the choir in a sense that everyone is saying the worst thing about online lessons is you ask a question and nobody unmutes even if you ask them to so it's like um Ben Ben can you just unmute for me Ben are you there and like so even if even if they felt like we were encroaching on their lives too much they do have the option to just not engage if they really want to um so um i kind of feel like to an extent it is it is still a little bit it it feels a bit much but it's not it's not too much it feels yeah. it feels a lot but not too much yeah and did your college consider those things Kyle or do you think it's different with older students uh it's slightly different, but you still can't overlook the element of, you know, self-consciousness when you're in a when you're in a classroom. That is the ultimate leveler, isn't it? It's, I mean, on, what, on a wider scale, this is what we've all found with online teaching. But the classroom is the great leveler, isn't it? And that's what we all. That's why we want to get back to it because, you know, in a classroom, everyone has the same. It levels out all. Um, differences between students and privileges that they might have and um, and it's it's not really fair to say you know you need to, you have to turn your camera on I, I need to see inside your bedroom I need to see that you you know live in a in a small house and you can't get a corner that's private to yourself all these things are, are massive issues and that's why I'm really against all cameras on or all, um, you know all mics on type policies I think what Catherine says uh, is right. I mean, what, what I believe broadly with all sort of teaching and 
um, educating is just explain to the students to treat them like the adults that they're about to become. So if you want their cameras on, at the start of the lesson, I'll say, can everyone put their cameras on so that I can see that you are at a desk uh, and that you're working, you know, you're not still in bed. And uh, if you haven't got a camera, then just remind me in the chat because I forget. And then, you know, across the course of the lesson, the cameras drift off again, and that's fine. But I think just explain what your reasoning is uh, and then the students will respond in the right way. Mm. And thinking about age, Catherine, particularly, um, you've got a massive age range haven't you really from year seven to year 11 and we all know how hugely they grow up in that time is it really different teaching a class of year sevens to teaching a class of year 11s I mean it's different in the school isn't it but is it more different are the things that you have to think about more um I think for us in terms of the maturity with technology it feels very different um year 11 are very competent with getting an app up or um you know multitasking between two different windows so I can ask them to have me on teams I can have whiteboard.fi so they can do some questions in AFL for me whereas when you ask a year seven or year eight student to do that it's like the the minds are totally blown by the fact that they can move between these two things and they're not quite sure how to do it yet and it, it's just like a fluency thing I guess like they, they are technically fluent in very specific things but this kind of world of almost like office-based things to use is very very alien to them um, and so that I think that's the biggest difference and we also noticed when we first started online learning that the chat box was mostly abused by the students lower down who wanted everybody to know what they were doing and that you know their dog was barking their brother was on a different lesson with a different teacher could I go to the toilet whereas the year 11s just get on with it um and and it, it kind of it wasn't like they were doing anything out outwardly wrong it wasn't they were saying out to be awful they just their etiquette around all of it was slightly different whereas year 11 are very much right we'll use the chat box when miss asks, asks a question um you know we'll we'll send an email um and we'll address it properly like dear miss darwin um whereas you know year year seven just sent an email to the entire year group because they don't know how to use reply or reply all saying miss are you teaching our lesson today and it goes to every teacher um <laughs> so it, that's that's what it is it's like the emotional and kind of technological maturity I think that's different right right does that ring true with you Kyle that, what's it what's interesting about what Catherine says is I, I view it as a sort of a scale all the way down so my my experience of online teaching is teaching year 12s and 13s um, who don't who won't ever say anything you know um, and then the other view of it is my son who's six who has a teams meeting every day with his class and at the end the teacher says has anyone got anything to say and it's yes I made a snowman, I saw a dog, I heard a robin, I've been to the toilet, my little sister's here. So it's like so maybe the year sevens are somewhere in between on that on that sliding scale. But um no, uh year um uh yeah, they don't really the chat function is used is how basically how most uh students and talk to me and respond to questions, make suggestions, ask for help. Um I just feel that's fine, you know, but by the time you've turned, remembered where the microphone thing is, turned it on, um, said your piece and remembered to turn it off again, they tend to be able to type into the chat bar just as quickly. So, um, right. yeah, they do all their corresponding there. When I first started, you know, being aware of all these teachers taking up live lessons in January this year, 
that there seemed to be a lot of time spent on worrying about the tech issues and then getting into the lesson and realising that actually the issue was how to get students to respond and to engage. So, yeah, have either of you got any any tips on that? Do you want to start, Kyle? Um, yeah, things like Catherine's mentioned, whiteboard whiteboard.fi. Uh, whiteboard it's actually, I mean, I would, lessons in person, it's been a long time since, I can't teach a lesson without mini whiteboards anymore. I mean, I could never go back. I don't know how people do it, but the online whiteboards, in a way, it's better because it's completely uh, not it's not secretive what's the word I'm looking for private. confidential yeah private thank you yeah it takes that because when when students use mini whiteboards everyone knows who the smart kids are in the class and that they're going to be able to so either everyone's just having a sly glance at theirs or they're just doing nothing because they you know the smart kids have already put their board up and it's been two seconds since the question was asked uh, whereas when they're doing it online no one can see each other's no one's aware of what the right speed to be answering is so that's actually better afl in a way uh, it's not false afl that looks like you're finding out what people can do um so yeah that's uh, using those sorts of things fantastic i do loads of quick question and response um in the chat bar sometimes just to sort of wake them up and make sure that they're that they're all there um or we do little we do little side games like um you know, um, everyone write a, a prime number, whoever was, whoever writes the second closest to 50 that no one else guessed wins or something. So like 10 seconds thinking <laughs> about it, a bit of game theory and strategy, uh, a bit of, oh, you know, they can, and then they start writing, oh God, I was so close. And it just, um, that's actually the teaching gold, isn't it? It's not, it's not the, um, how much maths you cover. It's the, it's the relationship building that allows you to cover the maths. And that I think that is what a lot of teachers are feeling themselves losing. So I think it's worth sacrificing five minutes of your lesson just for little bits like that. Have you got anything to add to that, Catherine? The only other thing I can I can think to add is that, is that you know, that kind of use of the chat box. I got the engagement with that purely and simply by saying, right, no one's allowed to press enter yet. But when we all press enter, watch how fast it goes. Yeah. And they were all like, whoa, <laughs> because everyone's answers came off at once. Um, and so, you know, there are little tiny things you can do. So um, I'm, I'm interested to know the thing, the best bit of maths you've taught uh, live online. I'd love to hear about that. Do you, can you can you do start with that, Kyle? I'll do two super quick if that's all right, because they're yep. very different. I've got one group this year that's 40 or so students because it's a voluntary extra, extra further maths class. So we're talking real whizzy Oxbridge candidate type students. And I was teaching that in, in a lecture theatre in college because it's the only room we could fit it in. Um, and it becomes, because of the room, it becomes more lectury. It becomes more... I'm telling you stuff, take notes on it. And because they're really smart kids as well, it starts drifting towards university style. Um, and, and if they wrote stuff on whiteboards for AFL, I'm so blind, I wouldn't be able to see it in a lecture theatre anyway. So teaching them online when they're doing, I can actually see what they're all doing as they're doing it. And they're using Desmos like whiteboards, like a bit like whiteboard.fi. So I can actually see for the first time 
uh, all this great work that they're doing, whereas usually they're just sat there thinking it. So that was great. And the other one that was fantastic is I was doing a one of my little side games because uh, we happen to be doing inverse proportion in differential equations. But I know that's a GCSE thing anyway. So inverse, you know, they would do direct and inverse proportion down to about year nine, I would have thought. And uh, and I did a game that I first saw off Rob Easterway, uh, which is where you you've got a ten pound note showing them the 10 pound note is you know it's great and you say um you're going to write a number and i'm going to divide my 10 pounds by your number um, and whoever writes the highest number wins okay so it's a lovely little it's a lovely little because you can only win by writing the highest number but the higher number you write the less you're going to win you get you can understand an inverse proportion by using it so i let them play it and no one ever wins any money you never have to give <laughs> any money away because someone always writes a hundred thousand or something you just round it down to the nearest penny and you never have to pay anything out but then what i did is i said right i'm going out the room you've got one minute discuss it amongst yourselves uh and then i didn't go out the room i just moved off the off the camera like this <laughs> and um I've never heard so many mics on at once. So, right, everyone write 0.0000001, but one person just write 0.0000001. Who's going to do it? Oh, I'll do it. No, if you get the money, you won't give me any afterwards. Someone really honest has got to do it, as if I'm going to give them the money anyway. <laughs> and then, um, and I've never heard so much chat. And then I just come on and go 30 seconds. It'd actually been about two minutes. And they were all oh, hatching schemes. And they're like, right, everyone do it. You've got to make sure you write something because if you don't write it, it'll try not to give us the. And it's the only time I've ever heard all those mics on. Catherine, do you want to give us your your uh, top moments? Um, I mean, I've only been doing it a very short while, but I think um, I've I've been spending a lot of time with my year nines on order of operations. We spent a long time before Christmas building up things like, um, you know, associative law, distributive law, commutativity, all that kind of stuff. Because my hope was before Christmas, we'd hit order of operations and we'd be able to go into algebra, like really doing well with it because they really struggled. Um, and so it's kind of got to a stage where we were still doing it after Christmas and um, suddenly I've been using that kind of chat blast mentality of saying right don't put anything in press enter in three two one and actually being able to like it's been so difficult with them to see order operations and not to use bid mass and get it all wrong and I've spent so long building it up and I thought they're not gonna remember any of it and just those few seconds where like 30 of the right answer came up all in one <laughs> go just of the like we do the brackets first and I was like I was so proud and like I think they could tell because I was on camera and I was grinning like mad that like they'd done something absolutely awesome and I was like right let's do the next one and I just kept doing them because I was so excited by the fact they were getting them right and then it, it just kind of it was a bit infectious the more that I was happy about it the more of them actually started putting things in the chat like the ones that were a bit reticent or I'd be like the first one that came through that I saw I'd be like oh amazing Ben oh amazing Annie like you know all of that kind of stuff and um really quick really accurate well done and I think it is it's that engagement and kind of knowing that what you're doing is still paying off well, thank you both. It's been really interesting talking to you. And um, yeah, I've been full of admiration for how teachers have adapted to another set of new circumstances. So it's been really, really useful to hear your contrasting experiences. And thank you also to our listeners who are likely also having to adapt their own teaching styles to the online environment. We hope you've been inspired by Catherine and Kyle or at least picked up some tip or hack that will help take your teaching forward. Please do subscribe to our podcast and do get in touch if there's something you'd like us to address in future episodes.
Goodbye.